the day after the provincial election, which saw the uh, the United Conservative Party winning a majority government in Alberta, but a smaller majority than what they had. The UCP sitting at 49 seats, the NDP at 38 seats, as we mentioned, about 62 and a bit uh, percent voter turnout, uh, similar to the last one, which was around 65. Mm-hmm. I really thought it would be higher. I have honestly thought, so? I thought the, 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 the voter turnout would be higher. Uh, we talked so many times over the last mm-hmm. number of months how important the election was, how important mm-hmm. it was, especially in Calgary. Would they would they step out and you know, would people come out to vote? And there were there were a bunch of really close ridings within a couple yeah, of hundred yeah. votes in Calgary. The two closest one are seven vote margin yeah. and a thirty one vote margin. Yeah. Both of those will go to recounts, but. Super tight. I really did think more people would go out. 1.1 eligible voters did not vote yesterday. 1.1 million did yeah, not. did not. Let's check in with Bill Anderson, who is the vice president with uh, vice president with Crestview Strategies, been providing some analysis for us over the campaign. Hi, Bill. Welcome back to the show. Good morning. Nice to be with you. <laughs> you uh, did you get some sleep, Bill, <laughs> last night? <laughs> I, I did. Yeah, the results are a little different than when I went to bed at about 1.30 a.m. or so. Uh, looks like there's a couple of seats that have dropped for the UCP since then. So what's on your mind? Give us an idea yeah. when you when you take a look at what happened last night. What, what goes through your head? Well, I, I think um, I think that, you know, the sort of, you know, narrative the day after the election, uh, is is you know it's a pretty strong showing for the NDP, uh, but certainly not the result they would have hoped for. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, you know, if, I, I think you would have been hard pressed to find anybody who was, you know, overly confident to predict a sizable majority for either party. I think there was a real sense that this was always going to be a bit of a nail biter. Um, but uh, with with 48, 49 seats in the legislature, the UCP certainly have enough room to be able to maneuver their legislative agenda. Yeah, it's a, some some have termed it a, a humble victory. Partisans have called it a landslide victory in the face <laughs> of overwhelming opposition. What do you think about the quality of the victory, and will that be enough to, to to keep Danielle Smith in a nice solid position moving forward? She certainly did seem happy and proud last night. Yeah, absolutely. And look, the the question of whether government can advance their legislative agenda is is certainly different than the question of how the leader holds holds caucus together, which I, I know you, you spoke about a little bit earlier as a potential challenge for her. Um, the, um, the, the reality, I think, is that, you know, the seat count starts to matter a little bit less the further out you get from the election. Mm. Um, there's going to be, um, you know, a, a transition team that, you know, starts to, starts to clarify what their policy agenda in the first 100 days will look like. Uh, and that's what I'm really looking forward to finding out more about. Bill, wanted to pick your brain on, on this one uh, a little bit, because I also want to talk about Rachel Notley and, and what went wrong on, on that front as well. But so many people texting in this morning and asking, saying, look at Edmonton. Edmonton going completely NDP. Saw a good hunk of Calgary as well. That urban-rural divide. People are just scratching their heads, I think. And I, I offered up some ideas on why I think it, it might be the way that it is. But can you can you maybe chew on that a little bit and give us an idea on why you think that um, there is such a, a big difference uh, between the big cities, especially Edmonton and rural Alberta. Sure. Well, you know, I think, Jillian, when you were talking, you alluded to part of the problem, which is that there's, you know, I think there's probably a bit of difference or a bit of differentiation in, in terms of um, how rural and urban Albertans, um, 
you know, see their see their social values and want to see social values reflected in the the officials that they're elected to the legislature. But you know, you know my my honest opinion is that I, I think the whole rural urban thing is a bit of a construct when you look at the um, issues that that pull the highest and mm-hmm. sort of the, the largest voter priorities for Albertans, whether it's rural or urban. It's like public safety, affordability, healthcare. healthcare. Uh, and I think that it's safe to say that Daniel Smith. Uh, owned those issue spaces throughout the campaign. I don't know. I see a construct, I suppose, but I look at the map and it's all Orange Edmonton. <laughs> it's half Orange Calgary and pretty much blue everywhere else. So it might be a construct, but on the face of it, it still looks like a divide. Yeah, no, totally. And, and that's a really fair point, Daryl. And, and like, I think that so much of this has to do with the vote efficiency, right? So going into campaigns like this, political parties are mapping out where their vote is expected to be most efficient. Um, so it's it's a challenge, right? Because you can't be all things to all people. Uh, you're going to have to seed ground somewhere. Campaigns need to make decisions about what priorities they're going to put in the window. And oftentimes those decisions are pulled very acutely down to where certain issues uh, uh, land in certain ridings. And as long as you've got your seat count, I mean, that's kind of the first priority. Um, but look, the, the point is well taken. Obviously, there's a lot more orange in Edmonton and Calgary than there is in any rural regional uh, parts of the province. Bill Anderson with Crestview Strategy joining us this morning. Uh, we are curious about what you think about Rachel Notley mm-hmm. down the road. You may have heard her her speech last night, and she immediately put all the onus on herself, saying that this loss is her responsibility. It lands on her shoulders. And initially, it sounded like there were a lot of people in the audience who thought she was going to announce that she was stepping down. I think that sort of rumble went through the NDP headquarters. What is her future? What is Rachel Notley's future? She says she's staying on. Yeah, look, I mean, I think that if it was a if it was a completely dismal performance, we'd be looking at a different scenario, right? But the fact is that there's never been as, as large an opposition party in the Alberta legislature as there will be now mm-hmm. um, under her leadership. She gained, I think, what, what looks to be like uh, 13, 14 seats, um, uh, you know, potentially mm-hmm. more when the final count is, is all said and done. So, uh, you know, there, there are certain measures of success. Uh, and I think... You know, there's also a bit of a realization that, um, you know, she is in a big way the, the face of that party in the face of their recent uh, um, uh, ability to compete uh, on a more level footing in provincial elections. Um, so, like, I think that uh, it's reasonable that she would want to, you know, head back to the legislature and, and hold government to account. But the question of how long she stays on, I mean, it, it really has to do with whether she plans on fighting another election, because if the answer to that is no... She doesn't want to fight another election in, in 2027. There's going to have to be some runway for a leadership race. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So let's talk a little bit about um, Danielle Smith then. In her speech last night, she thanked supporters, saying that they elected a, a stronger, stable, uh, united conservative party. I say, okay, I can take stronger, and uh, I wonder about stable, and I wonder about united. Uh, your thoughts on, on the state of the party right now? Sure. Well, you know, uh, winning solves a lot of problems. Right? I mean, <laughs> it sure does. You know, so so heading back to the legislature with the majority, I think, will alleviate a lot of the, you know, perhaps cracks or fissures that, that some might assume exist in a big tent party like that. Um, and, you know, I think that's one of the things that has, has actually really surprised me about her leadership since she became premier last October is the fact that she seems to have actually really done quite an impressive job of coalescing caucus because it's no secret that 
um, you know, after after the leadership review, um, you know, changing from Premier Jason Kenney, uh, there there were certainly some themes in in cabinet and the, in the rest of the the UCP caucus between, uh, you know, wh- who who who's best positioned to lead. I mean, after a leadership race, coming back together is always the big challenge. And I think in her early days as premier, she she seemed to do a decent job of that. And I expect she'll continue making that a priority because. Um, you know, as we, as we all know, it's um, you know a conservative premier in Alberta. Their tenure is only as long as um, as they're able to hold the support of caucus. Uh, really quick before we go, Bill, I had mentioned a little bit earlier. I think it, it's it's where we move on. That if there was a referendum on anything that Danielle had uh, Smith had said on those videos in the past, that that referendum was yesterday. That that part of the conversation is done. Now it moves forward, and and whatever happens from here on in is fair game. Uh, do you agree with that? And do you think all of that is now behind her? I, I, you know, I, I do agree with that in part, and I think I think it has a lot to do with how humble uh, she has been when she speaks directly to voters. I think about scenarios like her, uh, you know, the leaders' debate, or scenarios like her victory speech, where she's you know sort of speaking to to the, the broadest possible audience of Albertans, and um, you know, really seems to uh, be coming to the table with a recognition that look, she's she's not a perfect person. Her leadership and her decisions have not always been perfect, um, but that she you know realizes Albertans are are her bosses and, and wants to do the best job she can. Uh, so you know, um, time 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 will tell whether uh, we end up relitigating uh, any of her previous comments. But I, I do think you know, like I said earlier. Um, you know, an election victory solves a lot of those problems, mm-hmm. and it's it's a clear four-year mandate for her. Yeah. All right, Bill Anderson, great to talk with you again. Appreciate you making time for us. Thank you. You, you as well. Thanks so much. Yeah, you bet. Bill Anderson is the VP with uh, a Crestview strategy. Next election? 2027. <sighs> we both sort of saw that number. 2027? She's like, what? what? That's way in the distant future. How long? Wow, that's only... Okay. <laughs>